This is Equipping Eve, the podcast that seeks to equip women with fruits of truth from God's Word. In his second letter to the Corinthians, the Apostle Paul wrote, But I am afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, your minds will be led astray from the simplicity and purity of devotion to Christ. A sincere and pure devotion to Christ begins by being grounded in his word. So let's open our Bibles, ladies, and prepare to feast on the truth God has given us. Well, hello, ladies, and welcome to Equipping Eve. I am your host, Aaron Benziger. Thanks for tuning in today. You should probably know, ladies, I think last episode, Charlie, producer Charlie, made an appearance with his bell. Um, he is here in the room, in the studio, if you will, which is really just my office at home, um, enjoying the sunshine, which we haven't seen in days. So it's it's pretty exciting here, and he's really enjoying it, taking a nice nap, and I kind of wish I were napping too, but I'm not. But I am just as happy to be here with you talking about the Bible and talking about Jesus and doing the things that we do here at Equipping Eve. If you remember... Last time, ladies, we embarked on an Advent study, um, kind of based off of the traditional Advent wreath. I know that there is a mindset among some Christians that things like the Advent wreath are bad. Um, I think that's silly. Um, I don't have an Advent wreath in my house. I don't attend a church that uses an Advent wreath. Um, but I just... I. As I've grown in my walk, I am disappointed in how many churches, evangelical churches, non-denominational churches, Bible churches, whatever, that do not acknowledge the season of Advent. You know, it's like they're so staunch, like, we we don't let holidays dictate our sermon series, so we still keep preaching through whatever book of the Bible we're in. So even if it's Christmas, we'll keep preaching through Job. Well, you know what? Nothing wrong with Job. That's a great book. But it it's not a sin to swerve, pause that sermon series, and spend the weeks leading up to Christmas reflecting on what that means. Um, and so I think there's something to be said for the liturgy. Uh, did you like that voice I did, by the way? I thought that was really special. Sorry about that. Anyway, um, that's not meant to mimic anybody I know. I don't know who sounds like that. Um, But anyway, I think there's something helpful in the the liturgy that of of some of the denominations that does walk us through the weeks of Advent and focuses us on different aspects of that each week. Um, And as we talked about, the candles in the Advent wreath symbolize, first of all, hope, Second of all, peace. Third, joy. Fourth, love. And then the fifth candle is, of course, of course, the Christ candle in the center of that wreath. This doesn't mean you have to have a wreath. It doesn't mean you are wrong if you do or don't. Um, and by the way, it's also not a sin to keep preaching through Job if you want to. Just, I'll just make that clear. I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying... It's so disappointing, (laughs) churches that just don't embrace the Christmas season. It doesn't matter if Jesus wasn't actually born in December, although I have heard a very compelling argument for it. This is neither the time nor the place for that, and I probably couldn't repeat it accurately if I tried. But 
there is nothing wrong with that. It's there for a reason. Yes, the world has hijacked Christmas and Easter and all this stuff. That doesn't mean that you just let them have it. What's wrong with you? No. Christians at Christmas should be the most joyful, the most celebratory, because of what we are celebrating. You know, why are you so happy at Christmas? It's so busy, and work is busy, and school is busy, and families are busy, and all this is busy, you know. How can you be so joyful? Well, look what I'm celebrating. If it wasn't for Christmas, there wouldn't have been a means of salvation for me. Yes, we need both Christmas and Easter, but hey, it's December. Let's celebrate Christmas. And while we do that, let's celebrate the first advent of Christ and also anticipate his second advent. What is wrong with us? Why are we not doing this? Sorry, I have opinions. It's just the way it is. So, long story short, I really like the Advent season. I think it's fantastic if you have a way to maybe walk with your kids through Advent. You don't have to give them chocolate every day, but, you know, it doesn't hurt. Um, <laughs> who doesn't love those little chocolate Advent calendars? Um, yeah, they're fantastic. It's, it's okay. They aren't sinful. Go for it. I'm giving you permission. Um, but it's not about the candy. It's not about the presents. And so walk with your children through the Christmas story. Uh, last time I recommended a couple of resources. Uh, the first was Christopher Ashe, Repeat the Sounding Joy. And that walks through Luke 1 and 2. And I think that is perfect for a family because that's the Christmas story. That's what we're all so familiar with, to walk through that with your family, with your kids, and have them spend time each day reflecting on what this season means, and it helps keep our focus on Christ. And what a blessing it is to have some of these tools that we have, whether it's Advent calendars or Advent devotionals or an Advent wreath, whatever it is, to keep our focus narrow and laser sharp on Jesus Christ. So today, ladies, we're going to talk about the third candle. So last time we talked about hope. The first candle is hope, and the second candle is peace. And we talked about all those prophecies from the Old Testament and how the people were hoping and waiting and anticipating this Messiah. And we did not go through all those prophecies. That would be a couple episodes in itself, but that would be a great homework for you. And I also gave you as homework to read Luke 1 so that you could see how some of these characters who were right at the edge there of that 400 years of silence, how they were hoping and anticipating the coming savior. So now, and then, oh, okay, and then the second candle, second candle of peace. Of course, Jesus brought peace, didn't he? He didn't bring peace on earth the way we think we need it, but he brought the peace we truly do need, and that's reconciliation with God the Father through Jesus Christ alone. Now, Candle number three is the candle of joy. And I mentioned last time that often the Advent candles uh, in a circle on the wreath are purple, except for one, which is pink, and that's the candle of joy. Because, of course, pink is a very joyful color, so there you go. 
So it kind of breaks from the others. So the other candles are seen as a little more somber, a little more um, sober, you know, because we have all these prophecies of a coming savior and, and we need peace and, and we need to be brought to peace with God and each other. And, um, and then we have this amazing candle of joy. And so like, this is, this is what it's about, right? I mean, this is, this is Christmas, you know, repeat the sounding joy, joy to the world, which is actually about Christ's second advent, but I digress. The third candle is also sometimes called the shepherd candle. So turn with me, ladies, to Luke 2, and um, we're going to read from verse 1 here um, and try to be slightly more focused than we were. (laughs) than we were last time. Luke 2, verse 1. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him, in, laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. That's joy. That's the joy of Christmas. It's right there. I bring you good news of great joy. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God. That is the joy that comes with the arrival of Jesus. This is, this is what they've been hoping for. This is the peace they've been longing for. This is the joy that comes from that. And I can't help but think of Philippians 4 here, ladies, um, when I think of joy. And I think of Paul saying to us, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice in spite of your circumstances. And why, why should we rejoice? Because we as Christians have the only reason to rejoice, to have true lasting joy. And that's because we have been reconciled with God through Christ. Because biblical joy is not affected by our circumstances, is it? No, it can't be. Because there are far too many Christians out there who are 
so joyful and I wish I were like them. And yet you look at their lives and you think, how? How do you have this joy? It's because they have Jesus. And we should all be like that. That joy of Christmas, it sounds cliched and a little hallmarky, but it really should fill us all year. Joy is something that God gives to us. In Romans 15, Paul says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. And this is right before he has talked about how Christ is the hope that we've been longing for, right? In verse 8, actually, let's just read this whole section. Verse 8 of Romans 15. For I tell you that Christ became a servant to the circumcised to show God's truthfulness in order to confirm the promises given to the patriarchs that they were hoping for, and in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy, because there were Old Testament promises that this Savior would be for all people. As it is written, therefore I will praise you among the Gentiles and sing to your name. And again it is said, rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let all the peoples extol him. And again, Isaiah says, the root of Jesse will come, even he who arises to rule the Gentiles. In him will the Gentiles hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. The God of hope fills us with joy. Think about it, ladies, Galatians 5. Joy is part of the fruit of the Spirit, isn't it? The bottom line, ladies, and, and if you have the time, your homework can be to do a little word study on joy in the scriptures. And the reality is that joy for the Christian is rooted in God. It's rooted in Christ. It's rooted in the promise of our salvation and of our, of our righteousness, a righteousness that is imputed to us from Christ because we have no righteousness of our own. And I just can't help but think, ladies, don't we need in these times, in this crazy 2020, a joy that is not fleeting and is not fickle, a joy that overcomes all sorrow, a joy that extends far beyond any earthly happiness we can experience, we find that in Christ. And so an attitude of hope, an attitude of joy, a, a, a settled peace, these things are part, essential parts of the life and walk of a Christian. And that's what I think is so interesting about walking through Advent in this way. It's about anticipating the coming of Christ. And we see how he has fulfilled all of those things for us. Everything is fulfilled in Christ. And it's so easy to lose sight of that. And that's what I love about this season is it brings us back. And yes, we shouldn't need that every year, but we're humans. So that's what happens. We need that every year. And that's okay. What a great time to sit and root ourselves in Jesus. And remember the hope that is ours in him, the peace that he has brought, the joy that cannot be taken away from us if it is found in him. Okay, ladies, as an endorsement, today I'm actually going to give the same endorsement I gave last week. I'm just going to give that through this entire season. Um, and if I come up with something 
else. I will certainly post that on Facebook, but I, I just, I love these two resources so much. And I know that we're well into the Christmas season, the Advent season already for 2020. You can read these books anytime. They are quick reads, so you can certainly catch up. You can get them for next year, whatever. Um, the first is Christopher Ash, Repeat the Sounding Joy. That's a devotional through Luke 1 and 2. And the second recommendation is Sinclair Ferguson's Love Came Down at Christmas. And that's actually a devotional through 1 Corinthians 13. So I encourage you to pick up one or both of those resources, ladies. You will not be disappointed. If you are disappointed, you can email me and tell me, um, but tell me why. And I mean, because it's a totally okay to disagree with me, but I, I think you'll like them. So that's my endorsement for the day. And as a parting thought, ladies, do you have the joy that is found in Christ alone? Is that part of your daily life? And I'm someone who I can be grumpy and complain and I'm a pessimist. And so I need to pray for that joy. And so that's okay. Our Father has promised to give it to us, and so it's okay, but we need to go to Him. So that's my encouragement to you. And until next time, ladies, get in your Bibles, get on your knees, and get equipped. Thanks for listening.